Welcome, everyone, to the new 1001 Sherlock Holmes Stories podcast. Here you'll find a collection of Sherlock Holmes adventures, as well as the best of Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's stories. Some from our archives at 1001 Classic Short Stories and 1001 Stories for the Road, and some newly produced, all here for your entertainment. Present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Getting a bat in this fog, it's but it's almost impossible. Yes, yes. I've been fortunate in not having to move from this most comfortable fire. Just give me a day or two in which to get my records straight. The indexes were sadly out of date. Anything of interest in the papers? I imagine this fog has stopped a great deal of the crime in the city. On the contrary, it's made a lot more possible. Perhaps we don't hear about the crimes because they're easily hidden away, but there's increased activity going on, you can be sure of that. Mm. Some crimes will get full publicity. I imagine the murder of P.C. O'Keefe on Wanstead Flats will not be easily ignored. Well, the murder of a policeman, well, that's unusual. Yes, depends on the circumstance, of course. If he was trying to make an arrest, it's understandable enough. But his body was found on the common. Oh, no details have been given. <laughs> Interesting. I wonder if that's what our friend Lestrade is calling upon us for, to discuss the murder. Mm. I say this stew's good. <clears throat> so that's why our front door is unlatched. Lestrade's coming round, is he? When do you expect him? I think if my hearing is correct, any second. Now, Evening, Holmes. Evening, Watson. Just Evening, in time. Come in, illustrate. Yeah. Now, take off your top coat and settle by the fire. I'd invite you to join Watson at supper, but I'm sure you must have had a bite to eat at the King's Head when you stopped there for a drink on the way here. Huh. How the devil did you know that? You have a winter anemone in your buttonhole. Rosie, the barmaid in the saloon, has several bowls of those flowers on her counter. <sighs> I know she likes to give buttonholes to her special friends. Take a seat by the fire, Lestrade. Oh, thank you. Now, has this visit anything to do with the death of P.C. O'Keefe? Eh? Uh, oh, uh, oh, no. no. No one has turned in the yard for help on that one yet. Now, this has to do with an event not yet reported in the press. A dangerous criminal lunatic has escaped from the hospital in Hornsey. He'd been serving a 15-year sentence in the scrubs, but went off his head. They shoved him in the men's ward of the Crouch End Asylum. Yesterday, he went for his usual treatment at the doctor's section. He assaulted the doctor, threw a chair through the ground floor window, jumped out, tore across the grounds and out of the gates that were just being opened for the weekly goods van to come through. And the alarm was raised, but, well, in this blasted fog, he's on the loose. Hmm. A dangerous criminal lunatic, you say? What is his name? Nathaniel Cross. Hmm. Ah... I see. This is really most interesting. You recall him, Holmes? Oh, I most certainly do. It takes me back to, uh, what was the case? Yes, the Greek interpreter. Nathaniel Cross convicted for 15 years, and he's broken out, has he? Mm. Yes, I think you're going to have to be careful, Lestrade. Cross is as cunning as a rattlesnake and hates authority, and particularly the police. By a strange coincidence, I read up some notes upon him when I was editing my files only yesterday. 
I remember. He always refused to sign his name in full. He just put N and then a cross. That's right. I thought you'd remember him. If you have any theories about how this man will operate now he's got his freedom, I'd like to hear them, Holmes. Oh, I have no theories, Lestrade. I can only say that if Nat's cross is as clever as I think, then you'll have a very hard time finding him. Mm. But if he's truly mad, then he won't have to go looking for him. He will come looking for you. Ah. And if that happens, then I wish you and the men in your force the best of luck. Started my rounds the next morning, the fog was as dense as ever. But by midday, it had lifted a little. I lunched out and decided to go home to tackle some paperwork. Upon leaving Baker Street Station, I heard the familiar cry of a paper boy at the entrance. We all alive! Another murder! Second policeman found dead! We all alive! Another policeman found murder! Great heavens, did I see a complete clear? Oh, I beg your pardon, sir. Oh, and what's the matter? Here's a bit of lambs. Uh, were you going back home? Yes, yes, that's right. But Holmes, that paper boy, did I hear correctly? The second policeman murdered? Yes, yes, you did. The press got hold of the news quickly enough. I'm on my way now to join the Hampstead police. Hampstead? Yes, the body was found on the heath. Can't you come along, Watson? In spite of this fog, crime in London has taken a most interesting turn. Shall we go? First ages to get to Hampstead. We took a Hampstead and then met a small group of police at the north entrance to the heath. As we walked, the sergeant explained. The body has been removed to the mortuary, of course, Mr. Holmes. Yes, well, why, of course. If you really needed my help, it should have been left to where it was until I made a thorough examination. I suppose not only is there no body, but everybody's been trampling the spot with their number 11 police boots, destroying every chance of picking up decent clues. Sorry, sir, but you know how it is. These things have to be reported through the station. It wasn't until Inspector Lestrade at the yard was called in that they agreed to send for you. The police seem to be getting more and more tied up with red tape. A few years ago, I would have been sent for immediately without having letters in triplicate about it. Well, that comes under the heading of efficiency and progress, sir. I've been in line for promotion myself for years. Never gets beyond somebody's desk in headquarters. Blind alley job. Here we are. The body was found over there under that tree where the constable is standing. Constable! Is that you, Sarge? Our town aren't getting frozen stiff. Oh, good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Sherlock Holmes and I've been asked to take a look at... Uh, oh, <laughs> Off me, Mr. Holmes. P.C. Allen, remember me? Well, of course I do. The Rygate Squires case, wasn't it? Huh. Odd old memories springing back to mind. How are you, Jim? I'm fine, Mr. Holmes. Uh, uh, the Sarge will tell you all about this place. Well, the body was found here, lying face downwards, arms outstretched. So I think you can see the impression in the grass and earth. He'd been coshed, hit at the base of the neck with a blunt instrument. Mm. Well, I doubt if there's much here that can help us. Uh, uh, do you know why he was up here? I mean, this isn't a regular police route. Mm. What could have made him come to this remote spot? And in a fog. Well, there is a patrol from the Igat Road to Hornsey and Crouch End. I've done it many times myself. I suppose there must have been some trouble. He left a beat to follow someone, something like that. And then, well, there was a fight and he got coshed. Well, there's no fight here. There's no sign of a struggle. Well, he was it from behind. Without the protection of his policeman's helmet. Odd. Yeah, but what, is, what is this here at the base of the tree? Uh, shine that fog lantern, Jim. Right, sir. Uh, hey. Hey, somebody's carved their initials. At the base of a tree. And quite freshly cut. But not someone's initials. Merely a cross. Holmes went to inspect the body. I chatted for a while to the constable, Jim Allen, who made a most unusual request. That he accompany Holmes and myself back to Baker Street. It seemed he was going off duty and had an arrangement to meet his brother at Paddington later that evening. Naturally, we agreed. And once there, invited him up for a drink. Well, the fact is, Mr. Holmes, I'm worried. When I saw you this afternoon, I was very pleased. You see, I needed advice. 
I don't know what to do. I'm torn apart with worry, loyalty, yeah, and that... drink this, Jim. Tell us everything. Yeah, well, it's my brother Arthur. He's in the force, too, as you know. He's a few years older than me and always looked up to him. The fact is, well, I think he's turning crooked. I noticed for some months now that, he, that he's mixing with the wrong crowd, and I called him out spying. Yes, spying at the police station. Last week, for instance, I come into the super's room, and there he was. devil are you doing? Creeping in here like that. I could ask you what you're doing. That cabinet holds confidential police files. How did you manage to get it Mind open? your own blasted business. Just peer out and keep your mouth shut about all this. Yes. Nothing to do with you. It is to do with me. You're my brother and a member of the force and... and yes. Look, Jimmy boy, just do as I say. Keep your place. If I want to play games, I'll play them and according to my own rules. You've got to tell me what you're up to. Are you stealing information? What if I am? Well, then it can only be to... To use against the force. Arthur, are you turning crooked for heaven's sake? I told you, get out of here. Keep your mouth shut. Just remain a dumb cop all your life. That's all you're good for. Now get out. I'm afraid there's more to it than that, Mr. Holmes. I've been doing some checking up myself. I think Arthur's in touch with, with someone who lives in Hampstead, right near where that body was found. It was some time before young Jim Allen could be persuaded to listen calmly to the advice Sherlock Holmes had to give. And that was to go about his business quietly, to avoid quarreling with his brother Arthur, but to keep a sharp eye upon his movements and report anything suspicious not to his superiors, but to Holmes himself. After Jim had left us, Holmes fell into a silence. Eventually, he said, There's got to be a connection, Watson. Nathaniel Cross, who hates all policemen, breaks out of the mental hospital. Two policemen have been killed, both in much the same way. Constable Arthur Allen is known to be in touch with someone in the Hampstead district, and he's seen taking secret information from the police files. And if he turned crooked, he could be feeding Cross with the facts he needs to avoid the police cordons. In which case, shouldn't Jim go to the sergeant and speak the truth? Well, he cannot betray his own brother unless he's sure of his guilt. No, the thing to do is to tackle it from the other end. And what prey is that? Find Nathaniel Cross, of course. But the, the police must be working full out on that, Holmes. I, I know it's almost impossible to search everywhere in this darn fog, but they have the organization for big searches. Well, you can't help them much. Mm, I'm not so sure. Information is what we need. In the underworld, the news of Cross's escape must have spread like wildfire. A man with his record has plenty of friends, but also plenty of enemies. He's been behind bars for nine years. That's a long time. People forget. Other smarter people come up in their places... Yes, I think that's the first priority. Find Nathaniel Cross. The fog persisted, and there was still no news. I was busier than ever, attending a growing number of patients with flu, bronchitis, and whooping cough. On my feet all day, I saw Holmes but for a few minutes to ask how he was and envy him the comfort of our fireside. Then, about three days later, I was appalled to read in the newspaper as I reached home that there'd been yet another murder. A young policeman had been found in Eltham Park in southeast London. I immediately went in search of Holmes and found him in the saloon bar of the King's Head, sporting one of Rosie the barmaid's buttonholes and talking to a very dubious-looking character. 
Well, I can tell you, Mr. Holmes. Uh, no, I don't know nothing about these murders. Uh, mind you, I must be honest. Uh, even if they did, they wouldn't say. Uh, but I don't really think the copper murders are the work of any one gang. And Nathaniel Cross? Ah, well, of course, <laughs> he's another matter. <laughs> Conflicting rumours, as you might say. Them's who never met him, they say he couldn't be getting out of stir and then starting murdering. But uh, he's always been a bit crazy, but them who do remember him say, uh, they say he's just waiting. Waiting? Waiting for what? For a ship, of course. Waiting to get out of the country. And what's more, what's more, they say it'll be here at the end of the month. Half rig to Rio. <laughs> and they'll be smuggled aboard it. Half rig? Do you know the name of that? No. But rumour has it again that she'll be loading from the Surrey docks. So, so if I were a knowledgeable man, which I'm not, of course, I'd say, um, I'd say I'd think of looking somewhere around rather eyes than that cross. Wouldn't you, Miss Rose? Well, thanks. Thanks for the tip. Here, buy yourself a drink and keep those roomy eyes of yours open. Here. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Holmes! Uh, Holmes, I, I wondered if I'd find you here. Now, is it true? I mean, a, a third police murder? Uh, yes, yes, I'm afraid so, Watson. Come on, let's get out of here and walk back home. Uh, is the fog just as uh, bad? Yes, I'm afraid it is. Yes. Stay close to the wall, Watson. Right. Luckily, we both know this road like the back of our hands. The street lamps can act as a guide, right? Yes, yes, yes. I, I can find my way back, all right? Don't worry about me. Uh, Holmes. Holmes, tell me uh, about this latest tragedy. What happened? Well, much the same story as the other two, Watson. A policeman on the beat, on duty, killed by an injury to his spine and a broken neck. Clutched in his hand was a sheet of note paper. Nothing on it but a large cross. Oh, gracious, this really is the work of a madman. Yes, yes, I think it is. The crimes are without motive. The only factor that links them together is that they were all policemen. And this man, Cross, hates the police. Oh, Holmes, they've got to catch him soon before he kills more of these young folks. I think we should cross over. Nice. Oh, that's strange. There's a light on in Mrs. Hudson's room. Oh? She must have come home suddenly. Come on, Watson, let's find out what happened. I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes. I know it's a cheat, but... When I saw Mrs. Hudson come home, I asked if I could come in and wait. Oh, don't apologize, Jim. Obviously, you wouldn't turn out in this weather unless it was important. What is it? Has anything happened? Well, yes, yes, I, uh, I've done exactly as you advised. I haven't spied on my brother Arthur, but on the other hand, I, I haven't trusted him. Of course, I didn't tell the sergeant of my fears regarding his conduct, but I did check up on him. He's been avoiding me. He's not in the same schedule as I am. He's working at Captain Police Station at the moment. Today I went to make a few inquiries, and the sergeant, uh, you know him, Sergeant Morrison, and to my amazement, he said... You know that your brother Arthur is resigning, Jim? What? Oh, I can't believe it. When did he tell you this? But, but why? I don't know why. But he asked for an interview, and then when it was over, he came in here and said he was leaving the force at the end of the month. I would have thought you'd have known about it. Oh, my, no. It's a total surprise to me. It seems that he's thinking of going abroad, leaving England for good. Mm. Said something about a ship to South America at the end of the month. What could I say? Nothing, except to wish him luck. He might be doing the right thing. I don't think they have pea soup fogs in Rio de Janeiro, eh? No doubt he will come to say goodbye. I don't know what I should do, Mr. Holmes. If Arthur's been up to something shady, then perhaps I should speak up now and have him stop him from leaving the country. What do you think? I think it's time we had an open confrontation with this brother of yours, Jim. 
Where did you say we could find him? Oh, I don't rightly know. I don't know his lodgings, but uh, Captain Police Station could be a good place to start. Right. Now, come on, Watson. Let's see if we can get ourselves to Clapham. It took simply hours to get to Clapham due to the fog. And then when we did arrive, a completely unknown inspector greeted us with news that could hardly have been worse. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Holmes, Dr. Watson, and you, Constable. But the fact is that there's been another of these terrible killings. Discovered not an hour ago. Constable on the beach stumbled over the body. It's the same as the rest. Bludgeoned to death and a, a cross mark in chalk near the body. Here, the body is right here under the sheet on this dressing table. See for yourselves. But it's Arthur. It, it's Arthur. It was after midnight before we all got home. Lestrade was called down to Clapham and took over the case. And eventually, we persuaded Jim Allen to take the spare room. I gave him something to calm his nerves and induce him to sleep. <laughs> I almost felt like taking some myself. The next morning, Lestrade called round, and a very stern-faced and determined Holmes held a council of war. Hmm. I think the time has come for some straight speaking, Lestrade. Between us, we've made a thorough mess of this case. Oh, I've been fooled as much as you have, and I thoroughly admit it. But now... Let's start by forgetting any preconceived thoughts about Nathaniel Cross and his murderous instinct. Just let's look at the facts. On the day that Cross escaped from the mental hospital, the first policeman was killed here, Onestead Flats. Mm. Now, the second, which is when Watson and I were called in, was here, Hampstead Heath. The third, here, Eltham Park, South London. And Arthur Allen was killed here in Clapham. Now, four different parts of London. They almost make a square, don't they? But... Now, if you draw a line through them diagonally to make a cross, what do you find? Let's see. And, uh, a large cross. And at the centre, what? Surrey docks. Holmes, this is all very intriguing, but I don't wait, wait, see... Wait, wait, wait a minute. I think I do. Who's a murderer who makes crosses of four policemen and killed? And fifth will die in the centre of that cross you've just drawn. There is a fifth murder planned near the Surrey docks. That is what I believe. Then let it be me. Let me patrol the Surrey docks, beat. Can that be arranged, Inspector Lestrade? dangerous on your own. You can't know to speak very well. It's this way. We take the first turning, and that leads us round towards Bermondsey, and then back the Rotherhithe way. That's the ticket. Round here, you say? This is just a blind alley. Yes, a blind alley. Ready for you, like your brother. <laughs> Yes, I was fooled, and I admit it. I didn't realize until the lie Sergeant Morrison told you, Jim, about your brother leaving the country, that he was the person responsible. It was one madman living out another madman's threats. The report will show that Morrison was a depressive maniac. Someone thwarted in ambitions in the force, 
His hatred turned against his younger colleagues. They didn't suspect him. They were easy to kill. When Cross broke out of jail, he realized how easy it would be to trick the world into believing he was doing the killings. But your brother Arthur was on to him. He was slowly building up evidence against the sergeant. It's a pity Arthur didn't turn to me in the first place the way you did. I can't believe it. But of course, when you think about it, it had to be someone who knew police procedure. Knew where every man on the beat would be at a certain time. And of course, the sergeant could stroll along any of those beats at any time without rousing suspicion. But he must have been stark raving mad. How can anyone who appeared so calm and reasonable turn out to be a madman? The line between sanity and insanity is very thin. Frustration, anger... No one can answer certain questions. Oh, what about Nathaniel Cross? He's the other madman in this case. East at large. What's going to happen to him, Mr. Holmes? Lestrade is laying his plans just as I laid mine. Let's hope he will be successful. Lestrade was successful. Nathaniel Cross was caught just one week after Sergeant Morrison was held for trial. He gave no trouble and is back inside finishing his term of sentence. But I doubt very much if either of them will be released to plague society again. As Holmes said. Let's hope we never get such another fog over London, Watson. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. Now the world has come into a sorry state, Watson. Here we are in 1903. The good queen dead these two years. The Boer War over. Misrule and exploitation in the Congo. And the royal family of Serbia assassinated. Rumbles of revolution throughout the East. Anarchists throwing bombs at the slightest excuse. <laughs> Indeed, a sad state of affairs. One can't set the world to rights, Holmes. All one can do is perform a worthwhile job to the community as best as one is able. Oh, I agree, but... There will be a revolution in Russia within our lifetime, I'm sure of that. The seeds are being sown. 
The harvest will be too dreadful to contemplate. But, as you say, we can only do our best, Watson. We can only do our best. present the stories of Sherlock Holmes. Tonight, Pushkin Papers. It had been rather an eventful year, as Holmes had pointed out, and the future looked quite gloomy as far as international affairs were concerned. But my practice in St. John's Wood was doing rather well, and I was contentedly married, so I was a happy man. Mary, my wife, had gone up to Cumberland to stay for a few weeks with her aunt, and, as was my practice, I returned to my old rooms at Baker Street. It was like old times to breakfast with Holmes, reading the papers while a cheerful fire crackled in the grate and the rain splattered against the window panes. It was also like old times to have Mrs. Hudson announce a visitor. Oh, gentlemen to see you, Mr. Holmes. Won't give no name and hasn't got an appointment. Shall I show him back out again, Sean? No, 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 Mrs. Hudson. It's a rainy morning. Maybe something of importance. Show the gentleman in. Very well. In here, please. Yes, thank you. I do beg your pardon, Mr. Holmes. This is an intrusion, but I thought it necessary. I shall not take up much of your time. Oh, come in, sir. State your business. You may speak freely in front of my friend and colleague, Dr. Watson. Oh, the good doctor's name is known to me. I am Jason Pushkin. I am of British nationality and Russian antecedents. I am a bachelor, a scientist, and an inventor. I live at Royston Estates in Gatestone near Chelmsford. I have a small cottage and workshop in the grounds of my good friend, Claude Miller. I, uh, I understand that uh, you are not only a famous detective, Mr. Holmes, but that you have a brother, Mycroft, who is uh, somewhat attached to the British Foreign Office. Is this correct? This is perfectly correct. If you can state your business as clearly as you have given your background, we shall get along famously. Oh, thank you. I have papers, secret papers, which I can trust to no one. Therefore, I bring them to you. Well, I, I am flattered, but surely this is taking a great risk. I'm quite unknown to you. Would it not be better to deposit any valuable papers you have in the strong room of the bank? Oh, no, 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 no. I may wish to get at the papers at any time, to arrange for them to be sent anywhere in the country at a moment's notice, and that uh, I do not wish people to know that I regard them as important. I take it that your secret papers are some form of protective weapon which the country may be developing, Chelmsford is the headquarters of the Naval Research College. I need say no more. <laughs> no, no indeed. Uh, but um, tell me, will you undertake this assignment, uh, if one can call it? I shall cooperate to the fullest extent. Uh, then here, in my case, uh, in uh, this envelope is the results of 20 years of work. Guard it with your life, Mr. Holmes. I shall indeed. But now, Mr. Pushkin, uh, tell me who you fear most. I... I beg your pardon. You asked me to guard your work with my life. No doubt you are prepared to do the same. But you fear someone will be prepared to kill you in order to get the contents of this envelope? Otherwise, why get rid of it? Whom do you fear? 
I wish I could answer that. If I could, I should go to the police or one of the branches of government security. I do not know. But there is an organization at work in this country. It is known only as the Red Secession. As its name implies, it is a revolutionary organization dedicated to the destruction of the British Empire and a state of anarchy in Europe. Well, I am not prepared to have my work destroyed. Hence my request. I understand. Well, thank you for your trust. I shall see the envelope doesn't fall into the wrong hands. That is all I need to know. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Holmes, uh, Dr. Watson. I will take up no more of your time. Good day to you. I shall be in touch with you very shortly. Uh, uh, do not worry. I can find my own way out. <laughs> well, Holmes, we've had some pretty strange visitors in these rooms over the years, but surely Mr. Jason Pushkin must be quite unique. Yes, very odd. It doesn't quite make sense. Yes, but I have a feeling that this meeting is going to lead us into very deep waters, Watson. What, what are you going to do? Well, a great deal of checking up. Now, first of all, a safe place for these papers. Now, turn back the carpet in the corner opposite the window, Watson. Yes. Mrs. Hudson is a good housekeeper, but I'll wager she hasn't had that carpet up in a dozen years. Can you manage? Uh, yes, yes, I think so. It's flush with the wall, of course, and hard to prise up, but... Uh, uh, yes, that's it. Yeah. <coughs> but uh, do we know that this... Pushkin man is genuine, Holmes. He, he could be some crank, not what he says he is at all. Well, that's where the checking up comes in. Well, there should be no difficulty. Mycroft is certain to be at the Diogenes Club at lunchtime. You'll be most interested in this man. If this matter is as serious as it appears, then we should have an interesting time ahead. Don't you agree, Watson? I left Holmes and went about my own business. It was late when I returned. There was a hot supper waiting for me and a note from home saying he would be dining out. I read for an hour or so and then decided upon an early night. At one in the morning, I woke to find the passage light still burning. Holmes had not returned. But in the morning, he was up and about before I was and in a very bad mood. I've been a fool, Watson. An overcautious fool. I'm so used to people telling me lies that I can't see the truth when it's placed before me. But what is it, Holmes? What's wrong? This is what is wrong. Read it yourself. I cannot bear to go all over it again. Uh, robbery and murder at Royston Estate near Chelmsford. Local scientist Jason Pushkin shot while tackling thieves, Holmes. Oh, Holmes, is this possible? I should have gone down there straight away. That man knew he was going to be murdered. He as good as told me so. I didn't take his word for it. I had to go into things with my usual thoroughness and so waste time. I... I blame myself. Oh, come on, come Holmes. I don't see how you could possibly have prevented this. It, it says here that he was fending off burglars. Oh, rubbish. Housebreakers rarely do a job armed to the teeth. It was murder. Murder by the Red Secession Organization. Deliberately planned and carried out to look like a chance killing. Oh, excuse me, Mr. Holmes. Are you and the doctor ready for breakfast now? Oh, and Inspector Gregson has just arrived. He's in the hall. Mm, well, bring him up, Mrs. Hudson. Oh, we'll make it breakfast for three. I doubt if I shall get a chance of another meal today. Very good, sir. Come this way, Inspector. Uh, and I'll be bringing on the eggs and bacon straight away. Thanks, Mrs. Hudson. Come in, Gregson. I know why you're here. My brother got in touch with you at the yard and says... You've got to get down to Gateston near Chelmsford as soon as possible, is that not so? That's right, Mr. Holmes. I don't quite know what he expects us to find. From all the reports we've received, it seems like a clear case of armed robbery that led to a murder. Regrettable, but that's it. It's regrettable, but I'm afraid that isn't it. We're about to move in muddy waters, Gregson. 
Unless we move with extreme care and arrive at the correct solution, we could stir up so much trouble that the whole of the balance of power in Europe could be changed. Yes, the man Jason Pushkin was no ordinary scientist. I've been going into his history very carefully. He came to this country many years ago after being accused of betraying revolutionary elements in Russia. He's been on the condemned list for years. Well, now they've got him. You mean it's a political murder? Yes, I do, but come, we waste time. I must get down to the Royston Estates and interview everyone concerned. It's important that we reach the scene of the crime and inspect Pushkin's body before a lot of bungling policemen destroy all the worthwhile clues. Ah, breakfast, right on time. Make a good meal, both of you. You made a good breakfast and also good time to Chelmsford. A carriage was waiting to take us out to Gatestone and the Royston Estates. We were expected. Claude Miller, Jason Pushkin's best friend, was waiting for us. He welcomed us to his home, and then... A terrible tragedy. I cannot believe it. Of course, there have been several robberies in this district over the past few months, and we've all taken extra precautions. Uh, it was typical of Jason's. He attacked the man so fearlessly. He should have let him get away. Nothing he could have stolen from here would have mattered compared to Jason's life. Then you are certain it was the work of thieves, Mr. Miller? Oh, but of course. Jason fought like a demon, but the, the man was armed, and the gun went off. There's no doubt about how it happened or when it happened. It was exactly five minutes past ten last night. I was going to bed. I heard cries from the garden. I went to the window and at that moment my son, who was in his dressing gown smoking in the library, pulled aside the heavy curtains of the downstairs room and the light showed the two men fighting. There was a shot. Jason dropped to the ground and the assailant was off like a deer. Matthew, that's my son, rushed out to help by the time he reached him, Jason was dead. We raised the alarm, but uh, no one was found. Yes, we, we both saw it happen. We both saw him die. At that moment, we were joined by Matthew Miller. He confirmed everything his father had told us. It was terrible. I was so concerned about Jason that I knelt beside him, not realizing that he was a dead man. So the murderer got clear away. I see. Could you identify him if you saw him again? No, I, I don't think so. He was a middle-sized man and dressed in dark clothing. He made off through the middle path across the lawn and jumped the fence into the road. Father saw that also. Uh, I was still standing aghast at the window when this man got away. It was just as Matthew says, the spot by the elm tree. He used one of the branches to help him vault over the fence. It's a sad story, Mr. Miller. Was anything stolen from We've... the house? We've had a thorough search. There appears to be nothing missing. I think Jason came across the thieves before they had a chance to enter the place. You say there were two or more men? We only saw one, but there was the sound of a carriage starting. I assume there was another man driving, waiting to make their escape. Yes, I see. Well, the inspector will obviously take your statements. I'll take a look around the grounds, if I may. And then, I suppose, the unhappy task of examining the dead body at the local mortuary. I'm deeply sorry this has happened. Uh, is there a next of kin? I, uh, I think he has a sister living, but uh, not in this country. Doubtless that will all come to light when his effects are studied by the police. We have touched nothing in his cottage, of course. I see. Well, thank you, gentlemen. I shall be about half an hour, Inspector. Come, Watson. For about the next 35 minutes, Holmes went over the drive and gardens with his usual thoroughness. Eventually, out on the road, he gave an expression of satisfaction and demanded that the inspector be called and a visit made to the mortuary. There, his time of examination was even shorter. And within the hour, we were back at the railway station and just in time to take the return train to London. 
Well, Mr. Holmes, have you reached any conclusion? Oh, yes. It's an extremely obvious case. Elementary, my dear Inspector. You think the unknown assailant was a member of the Red Session? The whole thing staged to the compromise? That is exactly what I think. Well, in that case, I hardly think it's obvious. It means we're looking for an assassin who will immediately disappear into thin air, almost certainly to get away from the country as speedily as possible. Oh, I don't think so. No, no, I don't think that at all. Look, I shall pose two questions to you. Ponder on them. Because they will prove the key to the mystery. One is, why? If it was an anarchist bent on revenge, why was a bomb not used? Now, this is traditional. And the second is, why rob the house and not the cottage? Well, I don't know. You wasn't? Oh, neither do I, but I do know one thing. Whoever killed Pushkin must have been after those papers. And therefore, I think we can... Yes, Doctor, you were saying. <laughs> yes, well, I think Watson means we shall expect even more trouble. If I may make a guess, and I loathe guessing, I should say the next development will take place about breakfast time tomorrow. But we shan't ask you to join us, Inspector. We'll be in touch later. And that is all we could get out of Holmes during that journey. Or, for that matter, that day. The next morning dawned bright and clear, and I was up and about early. So was Holmes. And when Mrs. Hudson brought in the breakfast, she also carried a small parcel on the tray. There we are, just as you like it. Sausages, kidneys and bacon, and tedgery, just to make a change. Oh, and this came for you, Mr. Holmes. Special delivery. Oh, thank you, Mrs. Hudson. Please place the breakfast on the sideboard and the parcel on the table. Uh, now, Watson, what do you make of this? Yes, I know. Yes, the time is just a few minutes to eight o'clock. My habits are well known. We sit down to breakfast at eight sharp, but not, I think, this morning, Watson. Listen. Good gracious! The, the, the parcel, Holmes! Oh, I was distrustful of parcels that comes with the post unannounced. A bucket of water usually does the trick. However, in this case, it's necessary that the bomb is allowed to go off. So, on the stroke of the hour... Get outside in the passage, Mrs. Hudson. I could scarcely believe my eyes. On the stroke of eight, Holmes lobbed the parcel at the window. The explosion rocked the room. Mrs. Hudson nearly fainted away in the passage. A lot of glass flew about the place, but neither Holmes nor I was injured. However, Holmes immediately gasped out. <coughs> get, a, get a carriage ambulance at once, Watson. Oh, heavens, Jones. Are you hurt? Oh, it is terrible. Just look at the window. Holmes, oh. Holmes, we don't need an ambulance, surely. Yes, we do, Watson. It's most important that whoever sent me that bomb thinks he's been successful. I wish to be taken to Paddington Hospital immediately, and I rely upon you to quieten Mrs. Hudson. And give us to the newspapers that I have been most grievously injured. I rely upon you. Right, Now, come now, not a moment to lose. The whole neighborhood will be here within a few seconds. It was all arranged as Holmes ordered. The ambulance men carried his still form out on a stretcher. And an hour later, I gave the sensational news to the London press. Mrs. Hudson, of course, had to be sworn to secrecy. But once she knew Holmes was perfectly all right, she entered into the spirit of the thing with alarming enthusiasm. By the late afternoon, she was completely absorbed in her role. Been crying my eyes out in front of the neighbours I have, describing the blood and mangled remains on the carpet. Oh, I really should have been an actress, you know. Wasted talent. Oh, by the way, a telegram's arrived for you. I've got it here in the pocket of my hat. Oh, oh, thank you. Oh, 
Oh, good gracious me, this is terrible. Oh, not more bad news, I hope. Oh, my wife, she's taken ill in Cumberland. I have to leave immediately. Surely not. Oh, oh. oh. Holmes. Oh. I'm glad I got here in time. Oh, Holmes. Uh, pray excuse my garb. It was essential to enter the building incognito. Thanks to work clothes. I've come to inspect the damage to the window. Now, look here, Holmes. This has gone on long enough. I've just had this telegram from Mary. She's been taken ill and needs me. Why not check on it first, Watson? Send a wire inquiring about Mary's welfare, and I guarantee that you'll get a reply at once saying she's in splendid health. What you mean? You mean that... that... You, you are needed out of the way. I'm in hospital. You are going to Cumberland. And Mrs. Hudson here is going to spend the night with her sister. Am I? Yes, you are. There will be no one here from now on, and the place will be completely unguarded. Oh, I, I see. You're, you're expecting the place to be burgled. Exactly. Why go to all this trouble unless there's a reason? And the reason? The Pushkin papers, of course. Now... Are you going to your sister's, Mrs. Hudson? Well, if you say so. I've never been so confused in the whole of my life. It still makes a change, doesn't it? You're doing splendidly, Mrs. Hudson. There's only one thing I want you to do now, and that is to leave the back door open. I'm expecting Inspector Gregson to join us later. Go on. Go now. Oh, uh, and don't talk about anything you've seen or heard in the last 20 minutes. No, uh, no uh, yes, Mr. Holmes. Oh, dear. I don't know what sort of part I'm supposed to play next. Where is it all going to end? That's what I ask myself. Where is it all going to end? Well, Holmes, where is it going to end? It's the capture of Jason Pushkin's murderer and a lead on the trail of the Red Secession. And when is it going to end? Well, our part of it all shall be over and done with tonight. I never thought I should have to hide out in my own home. Well, Watson, as it seems it's necessary. Come, let's get ourselves settled down. <sighs> Gregson should be here soon. I think he'd better take the other room... We'll have to make do with the alcove and the curtains across it. Let's set the scene for the final act. Holmes and I concealed ourselves as best we could and then began the long wait. It seemed hours. The room grew dark and cold. But Holmes forbade any light, and I remained cramped and irritable. Uh, you sure about this, Holmes? I mean, we could be here all night. Mm, we shan't be. But... Is it necessary? I mean, if the inspector's men are posted about the place, can't they handle it? Oh, that's unworthy of you, Watson. This assignment was entrusted to us. And... Wait. Listen. Our visitors are here. Quiet. Careful now. The main sitting room must be off the landing. This way. How can we make a search without using a light? Coming the daytime will risk its madness. We will manage. Come. This way. window has been boarded up. Good. Then we can risk more light. The gas, perhaps. Here, the lamp on the table. You take the desk, the drawers. I'll try the place. Holmes will never use such an obvious place. The plans will be in a flat envelope. Let's get the floor coverings up, the, the carpets. Come on, over here first. It's not there, mother. What? Place your hands above your heads, both no, of you. No, no, thank you. There was total confusion, and then Inspector Gregson's men took charge. The two men were overpowered. The main gas bracket was lit, and Claude Miller and his son were handcuffed together and taken away. Holmes and I tried to restore a little order to our rooms. Well, as I said to the inspector... It really was elementary, my dear Watson. It was clear from the first that the only people Jason Pushkin could have been scared of were the two men who lived in his immediate vicinity. 
I checked on Claude Miller and found his real name was Klaus Müller. And he had friends in the assassination of the Serbian royal family. A direct link with the Red Secession movement. The coincidence was too great. His son shot Jason when he went up to confront him that night. Their story of the armed burglar just didn't hold water. There was a ditch beyond the fence where the so-called burglar was supposed to have made his escape. The earth was wet. It had been raining and there were no marks in the ditch. No marks of the carriage on the road. Well, there's no need for this envelope. Yeah, but Holmes, the plans. The original envelope has been with Mycroft for days, Watson. You don't think I'd take a chance like that with the plans for Britain's new submarine, do you? Oh, well. I know what Mrs. Hudson's new role will be in the morning. Charwoman. <laughs> she won't care for that. Listen again next Sunday to The Stories of Sherlock Holmes with Graham Armitage's Holmes and Kerry Jordan as Dr. Watson. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.